Escape the Matrix Health Show covers the world of exercise, nutrition, and supplementation, fact-finding, myth-busting, the latest clinical studies, fun facts, and news you can use are covered by your host, Dave Sherwin, fitness buff and owner of EscapeTheMatrix.com. Welcome your host, Dave. Hey, welcome to the Escape the Matrix show. This is Dave Sherwin, and I am very excited to introduce our guest today. And we have on the line Jimmy Duggan, who is one of the top steeplechase racers, jockeys, of all time, actually. He's completed over 3,500 races and won 311 of them. And people who understand the sport know that doing 3,500 steeplechase races is incredible because one out of 10 jockeys fall off their horse during the race from a height of over five feet at 30 to 35 miles an hour. He said that at some points in his career, he was in an ambulance once a week. So a very interesting part of his story that we're going to have to dig into. Uh, but the the main reason, this is a health podcast. And the reason why I reached out to Jimmy is because like almost no one else on this planet, a jockey lives and dies by their weight. Uh, with 60% of Americans struggling with their weight, I thought it would be incredible to have someone who is an absolute expert in weight management and had to be for his very livelihood. And so he has some incredible stuff on weight management, which he shared on television and shared with millions of people over the years. And so we've got a phenomenal podcast today because we got one of the one of the great athletes uh, currently alive on the planet, as well as someone who's an absolute expert in weight management. So, Jimmy, thank you so much for being on the show. It is my great pleasure to join you, Dave. I'm very excited and very excited to uh, share with your listeners my great experiences uh, with weight loss and uh, how weight loss affects a career in horse racing. Yeah, and, and I guess maybe part of it is this this issue of falling off one in ten times. You mentioned before the show <laughs> you have uh, you have probably fallen off a horse four to five hundred times. Is that right? Yes, and I must just clarify: falling off doesn't truly depict um, what the fall is. <laughs> it's actually the horse and yourself fall at a speed of thirty-five miles an hour. Steeple chasing. In essence, are racehorses jumping fences um, at a great speed. So a lot of people uh, fail to visualize what the sport is actually like because we don't have a great amount of it in this country, in the USA. But um, it is a sport where you and your horse fall together at a great speed, and it does happen a lot. Fortunately, the horses don't get injured very often, and it's it's a very uh, uh, fair sport and great sport. The horses race until they're 12 and 14 years old. But yes, uh, back to the ambulance. I was in an ambulance probably once a week on average. You'd fall out a fence and you'd lie there winded or whatever, injured. Ambulance picks you up and brings you back. But it took, um, it, it, it was very hard for the uh, medical staff to keep you grounded. Uh, because steeplechase jockeys generally will ride with a limb hanging off if they can. You're crazy. Uh, Crazy is a possibility, (laughs) and people uh, often say that to me. But I have to tell you, if I was crazy, I would be dead um, because of the risks in this sport. There's actually a huge amount of uh, calculation, and and uh, risk-taking is not... uh, part of that calculation so you have to be very cunning and very aware of your surroundings and and what you do on a on a constant basis in order to survive you know three and a half thousand rides so it takes a lot of courage but once you're in the saddle um i think your race craft and your skill takes over uh, like any racing driver drivers dave you know there's a there's a massive inherent uh, danger but you uh, you hone your skills and and you avoid uh the accidents as much as you possibly can. Well, and eventually you went to a safer space behind the microphone. It says on your Wikipedia article that you became the voice of Steeplechase on American television. And uh, um, we're a broadcaster with TGB, which broadcasted to 51 million homes. And so uh, this interview that we're doing, this is you, you are no stranger to the microphone. 
No, I actually love the microphone, and I've I had the great pleasure of uh, joining TVG um, quite a few many years ago. Um, TVG is the premier horse racing channel in the USA and does go out to 54 million homes. Uh, is affiliated with Fox Sport Net, Sports Network. And uh, it gave me a huge pleasure, Dave, to be able to share my sport of steeplechasing with the American public uh, and educate them. And I um, think that's why people call me the voice of steeplechasing is because I took such pleasure in, in educating a, a public that wasn't uh, exposed or weren't aware of the intricacies of the steeplechase sport. Outstanding. I can tell you're very passionate, not just about what you did as a jockey, but uh, you're still involved in the sport, still going strong. Um, I don't want to give away your age unless you do, but but uh, I understand you still are doing some master's competitions. Well, um, I have no problem uh, sharing my age because it, it's all over social media. I don't think there's any secrets to uh, sportsman's age or, or anything to do with a sportsman anymore uh, because of social media. So I, I'm now 53 years old, um, and I recently got invited to ride in a legends race, a jump jockey legends race in Ch- at Chepstow in England for one of the biggest cancer trusts, the Bob Champion Cancer Trust. Uh, and so I accepted, and my preparation for that race was five months long. Um, I had to lose 42 pounds to ride in the race and, and also be phenomenally fit. I had to raise my fitness level to a point where I never imagined possible. So it was an incredible experience. I hadn't raced in England for 24 years professionally, and so to go out there and be amongst my peers, race, I didn't win, unfortunately, and uh, as a professional sportsman, you know, having raced my whole life, not winning is a is a hard pill to swallow, but uh, I did compete, and we raised uh, twice the amount of money that the, the Cancer Trust had ever raised before, so it's an annual thing now. I'll be going and back and riding as, as often as I can in order to win it. Well, Jimmy, uh, of course, I'm excited to get into your your weight loss stories and uh, expertise there. But before we jump into the rapid weight loss topic and general body weight management, I just I got to get this out of the way. How many bones have you broken in your life? (laughs) (laughs) That is a question that I get asked a lot. I wish I had a dollar for every time I've been asked. And it is a very good question. I have broken almost every bone in my body, um, as typically does any steeplechase jockey in their career. Um, I've broken my hands, my feet, my nose 14 times, my sternum, my cheek, my, the orbit bone of my eye, uh, my ribs, uh, and I'm sure I've forgotten there's others. Um, and that's, they're the broken bones, the, the, the horrendous uh, muscle damage as well that you get. So you have to visualize 30 or 35 horses in a race, and you fall when you're towards the front. You get stood on and kicked for 200 oh. yards by the other horses coming as well. So you have horrendous uh, muscle damage. But, you know, this is a really amazing uh, part of a steeplechase jockey's life. So uh, I don't know if it's still the same now. I'd have to verify this. But when I was riding, a steeplechase could return to the saddle 10 days after breaking a collarbone. Now, I know for a fact that um, footballers, uh, soccer players, have to take at least six weeks to uh, eight weeks before they can play football again. But jump jockeys were back in the saddle after 10 days after breaking a collarbone. And if you've broken one, you know how uh, insane that is. So... And people will say, well, that's crazy. Well, it's not crazy. It's, it's an adrenaline and a love of your sport, a passion to get back doing what you want to do. But as a consequence of riding so quickly again after a break, um, jump jockeys typically will break their collarbones three times each side in a, in a racing season. So I have friends in the jocks room. Yeah, I have friends in the jocks room that have had their collarbones removed. If you break it more than seven or eight times, they take it out. 
And then, um, of course, the, when you hit the ground without a collarbone, you dislocate your shoulder because the collarbone is actually like a safety belt for your your shoulder joint. So then I've seen Crazy. a lot of uh, shoulder joints have to be popped back in. So it is pretty different, isn't it? And all, all the all the bones you broke in your face, I'm surprised you don't look like a Picasso painting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like to say I had plastic surgery, but um, no, it's... Uh, I think I broke my nose so many times it broke it back straight, <laughs> and uh, the 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 orbit bone of my eye, um, I still the, the the nerve in that side of my face is dead. But um, yeah, I mean, it breaks are just part and parcel of the job, and and recovery from injury, and and when we get on to the weight loss, I must say tell you how uh, that was a big factor as well, is because you were when you're injured, you it. it, it Every single time you would put on or gain weight, mm. um, you know, abnormal amount of weight because you're not exercising and you're eating normally in order for your body to recover. And then that weight loss, that ensuing weight loss is just starts to circle again and it was just so difficult. Well, let's just jump right into that. Um, you're basically making your living in an industry where your weight mattered like for a lot of us it's it's a hope you know we we'd love to have a maybe a better looking body or a more fit body or you know people have different you know weight loss challenges maybe it's the shape of their body or certain pounds they can't get rid of from certain areas but for most people it's it's a want for you it was an absolute need uh could you tell us what does the scale mean to a jockey the scale meant everything. Uh, your your whole existence was centered around the scale. Or, or certainly, if you had, if you were one of the heavier jockeys, there were uh, some jockeys that were naturally light, um, and I always envied, envied those greatly. But for me, and for most of the jockeys, when you get up in the morning, you get on the scale, and you know that if you're not, in some cases, eight pounds lighter by that afternoon you can't ride in the race. And so, you know, if there's 100,000 people at the races and you go there and you don't make the weight, um, then you're letting down that racing public. So there was a massive pressure as well, along with, with the weight and, ha- and how important the scales were. So every single day, I can remember often looking through my fingers at the scale and seeing whatever I was being a lot heavier than I anticipated and crying at the thoughts of having to lose that weight, um, you know, prior to riding in the afternoon. And then, um, I, you know, concept that is, is generally um, recognized by the public is that, you know, wrestlers, when you lose, I say I lose eight pounds and then ride in the afternoon, they say, oh, yeah, like wrestlers. Well, it's not like wrestlers at all because wrestlers and boxers can go and eat whatever they want and put that weight back on after the weigh-in. But jockeys have to keep that weight off to because you have to weigh back in the same way, weight as you weighed out. So the same way, weight before the race and after the race. And so when you lost, when I lost eight pounds, I would have to race without uh, gaining any more weight. And that was a tremendous challenge. And it sounds like more challenging to you than than to others. As a matter of fact, as we're preparing for the show, and I was asking you a few questions and and whatnot, uh, you mentioned you had had kind of an unflattering nickname in the industry. Yeah, I I was generally known as the fattest jockey in England, um, and I can laugh about it now. I laughed about it then because my weight fluctuated so much. But you must remember, um, you know, my natural body weight was, um, I had a dietitian tell me once that my natural body weight was in the 150-pound range, and that is as fit as I can with the lowest possible uh, body fat percentage, um, and you know, in my 20s. And I was often 140 pounds, so I was, I was racing 10 pounds below my natural body weight. And so the natural inclination then is for your weight to jump back up at the uh, earliest opportunity when you let it. So I was constantly suppressing my weight. And then as a consequence, it fluctuated all the time. And uh, when it fluctuated above my natural body weight, it was 
it was, you know, I was heavy. I was heavy a lot of my career because of that, because of the fluctuations. So like a lot of our listeners, uh, your, your body weight was working against you. I mean, you were, you were, uh, you were struggling with the, the weight loss. You know, the Battle of the Bulge was a, a real thing for you. It, it was. It was a constant struggle. And in fact, uh, I retired when I was 28. And the main reason why I retired was because of my weight. I was just so uh, dead um, of, or, or tired of fighting. You know, dead in myself from the constant battle of getting up every morning. And I would run five miles in the morning in a sauna suit or a rubber suit. A lot of the times I would then have to go to a sauna on the way to the races or or sit in a sauna for an hour, hour and a half at the races to lose the rest of the weight. And that just wears you down. Eventually, uh, you, you can't, uh, your body or your mind can't take it anymore, your mind especially. But from what I've gathered from you, after that time of, you know, we, we don't probably have many jockeys listening right now. We have normal, average, ordinary people with, with um, uh, some weight loss challenges, probably most of them, statistically speaking. You know, they say that 60% of Americans are fighting that battle of the bulge. And once you were done with your jockey career, you kind of became an expert in, in weight management. I, I Probably naturally, I assume, people around you knew that you had to meet the weight requirements. And, uh, and you've advised some, some people. You live now in Southern California, right? And you've advised some people, even, even movie stars, on, on how to manage their weight. I, I have. Um, and, you know, my... It was very simple for me, and I always knew um, how to lose weight. Um, it was just, it was a training thing, but it was a, it was a battle. And I, I, I don't want to spend too much time uh, talking about those methods because there's a million methods out there. I, I had, um, when I retired, I put on a lot of weight very quickly, and then I would get it off again, and, and my, my management or my, my consulting people would ask me, and I would tell them, you know, exercise, eat, you know, your, your calories, watch your macros, all of that. But in, in theory, it was very um, easy advice to dish out, but in practice, it took a lot of doing, and it took a lot of doing for me, even knowing how to do it for my whole life. And then um, I found pounds and inches drops, for the first time, um, and having done the first round of pounds and inches drops, for me that was it, it was a whole new awakening, because for for so many reasons, and and we can we can talk about each of the reasons, but for me, my appetite control um, and the energy that I felt when I had first took the pounds and inches drops, and every time I've taken them since. It was phenomenal. The difference was, was just incredible to what I had lived my whole life doing uh, prior to that, that point. So you found that using, using a supplement made a difference over just uh, straight dieting? Oh, 100%. And, um, you know, it was, it was for me as well the, the, the um, protocol or the... The, the structure of the pounds and inches drops for me was suited me brilliantly because there were no gray areas. I, I had my food groups, I had my calorie uh, count that I hit, and, and then the drops um, allowed me to stay within that without being ravenous, without ever having... In fact, uh, I had a lot of trouble um, on, on many occasions hitting that calorie count. Um, so, which was a completely re- reverse for me as from what I had um, experienced. I had always, you know, struggled to stay within the calorie count, and now all of a sudden I was, uh, you know, not having my apple or not having my apple and my orange on a day because I just wasn't hungry, and yet I felt fantastic and, and was able to, um, to live normally and, and, and lose weight every day. So, so yeah. It was amazing. It is amazing. And, and, of course, that's all in the context of a rapid weight loss uh, a protocol. And, and you lost weight rapidly. I think you said 42 pounds in just a few months. 
to a lot of people, let's just talk about that for a minute. The, the, very, the, the basic concept of rapid weight loss. Uh, it, it's a little scary to some people, and we have all been told that, that, that rapid weight loss is uh, not that good for you and uh, long-term sustainable weight loss is better. Now, I'm a long-term sustainable kind of a guy, so I, I want to be very careful how we frame all this because, of course, all of us want to be <clears throat> excuse me, as healthy as possible, as long as possible. All of us want to be at our ideal body weight, uh, and, and yet... We have found, through our own research, clinical studies with hundreds of people involved in them, large studies, that, that, that state very clearly that rapid weight loss is actually healthier than slow weight loss. The, the people who do it rapidly are more likely to be successful for one thing. They're more likely to keep it off, and they're, they're less likely to have um, <clears throat> different, um, what am I trying to say? Um, problems. Um, uh, uh, um, there's three elements of these studies, and boy, I've lost the third one. But if you if you go to our blog, those of you listening, if you go to escapethematrix.com, click on blog and search rapid weight loss, we got references to the three studies that I'm talking about. And in each time, they have found that rapid weight loss is actually better for you short term and long term. Jimmy, what do you think of that? I mean, you you've you're very much on the side of the rapid weight loss. I mean, when you talk eight pounds in a day, I mean, that's just like crazy talk, right? I mean, that's that's uh, just off yeah. the scale. Most people don't have to do that. But generally speaking, what's your impression of the rapid weight loss versus the slow weight loss methodologies? Well, I, um, from what I've experienced now, and I think I have been involved with the drops for probably five years now, and I would say that the, there are no um, there are no ill effects from the rapid weight loss. In fact, I, I think it does fill you with so much enthusiasm to know that this is not a long drawn out um, sacrifice. And I have had probably hundreds of people follow my lead now and take the pounds and inches drops. And uh, the people um, who were unsuccessful were the, the people that that could not see the, the end game or could not see the light at the end of the tunnel. But for the most part, I would say everyone that I've introduced to the drops have, have embraced the rapid weight loss idea. That's what was really appealing. Of course, tinged with fear. I, I You know, the medical profession and, and so many other... Um, People that I've met have have advised against the rapid weight loss, but I've never had a a um, a concrete or a substantially uh, great uh, explanation as to why it's bad. For me to know that in two or three weeks that I will be down fifteen pounds, the the enthusiasm that that fills you you with because of the momentum that you've gained in a short space of time. It's like it powers you through the, the rest of the weight loss. And so, you know, th then, of course, the long term, that is, that is the most crucial factor for, for me and for anyone doing this. You have to be mindful of the rest of your life. And it, it is, it's not just weight loss, it's a life plan. So I think it does teach you great eating habits when you're on the drops. And then um, afterwards... For me, the key, and I have, I have to be honest, I've failed many times. I've gained back uh, weight on, on several occasions, and, and, and it was strictly, and I know now why it was, uh, and I know, knew then why it was. If I stop weighing or you stop weighing yourself and you let it get to five, six, seven pounds um, and ignore it, well, then, you know, you've, you're, you're immediately undoing or however long it takes you're undoing the great work that you've done so if you if you do find yourself um in a in a place where you've gained back four or five pounds you can do something about it you can you can halt it and it hasn't gotten away to where you can can't ever get it back and for me now i think that is the key to weigh every single day and not let it get away for more than four or five pounds and just eat healthy and, and eat healthy, but, but don't crucify yourself, you know? Yeah, good point. And, you know, I, I, we just published the book, Formula 7, which is our answer to keeping it off. And, 
And, uh, you know, interestingly, I, I've been doing a new protocol myself uh, the last three weeks that I'm very excited about. That's quite simple. I've been eating 50% vegetables, one quarter protein, and one quarter starch uh, every day for three weeks. And I've lost seven pounds, uh, and, and I feel amazing, and I'm always full. And um, so that simple protocol has worked uh, well for me. And um, in Formula 7, you know, we have the seven principles that we're now starting to give away the, the book to all the people that buy our products uh, to skipthematrix.com with the idea that, you know, we don't just want to be a company that's selling products, although, of course, we, you know, we love selling our products, but, but we want people to have long-term health benefits from what we do. And we especially want the people who buy our weight loss product to keep it off. And so... That really does become the answer, um, um, or the the, the, yeah. the the question after losing the weight rapidly is, is is what then? When you say you know, well after that you got to eat healthy and watch the scale. The problem is a lot of people don't know what eating healthy afterwards means. There's so many conflicting ideas out there. There's so much misinformation um, about that, yeah. and so I just bring that up for those listening. Um, try our book. We'll give it to you for free. I mean, you don't have to buy anything from us to get the book. We wrote it for the good of, you know, it's for sale on Amazon for $6.95. But but if you just write to our support staff, we'll be happy to send you uh, a free copy because in there we have seven principles that um, we've identified through, you know, years of research and having tens of thousands of customers that we've had to support. And, uh, and one of the be- biggest questions we get in our support uh, system is, how do I keep it off? And over the years, you know, we've been doing this now for seven years. And over those years, we've given answers that we thought were really excellent answers. We've had two doctors on our advisory board get, helping us with this. But you'd be amazed how often we give an answer that we think is just terrific. And then that person says, oh, well, I can't because I'm allergic to this. Or I can't do that because of this condition. Or I can't do that because of fill in the blank. And anytime we got an answer like that, oh, I can't do that, we realized we gave the wrong answer. Because even though that person may have an allergy or something to one of the foods we gave or whatever the case might be, uh, what, what we found out is, we were giving out techniques, um, and techniques don't work for everybody, and they don't work all the time, and they sometimes don't work long term. And what we had to focus on was principles. We had to really come up with the principles of success. What are the principles that we can tell anybody that they can do and that will work for them to maintain that ideal body weight? So, um, not something I want to spend a whole lot of time on on this podcast because we want to get all of your, you know, while we have you on, we want to really talk about the whole rapid weight loss aspect of it. But for those listening, for the long-term part of it, once you've lost that weight, uh, we finally formulated our answers into a book called Formula 7, and we'd be happy to give you a freebie if you just go to our support at escapethematrix.com and just say, hey, Dave said I could have a free copy of the book. Please send me one. Uh, we, we'd be thrilled to to just give that to you. Um, <clears throat> so back to the the rapid weight loss, I've got a few specific questions for you. Um, first of all, when you're in the serious weight loss mode, like if you're trying to lose 42 pounds in a matter of, of months, you're going to go through times of hunger. How do you deal with hunger pains? Another one of the top questions that we've gotten over the years. Well, that, that's a really good question. And it, it's an incredible scenario that I have lived just recently. Um, um, and I had the most interesting experience. So a general answer to be would be um, when you experience hunger pains when you're on the drops um, is to, you're not, and I tell people, and I get calls constantly because I've recommended the drops to so many people, is you're not drinking enough water, probably. And, and water for me is the key. Um, I was drinking between 160 and 200 ounces a day. I still am, actually. Um, I just, just could not get enough water. If I felt any hunger pains whatsoever, I would drink more water. I didn't once. Um, I did 56 days um, just recently of 600 calories a day. 
and I did not experience hunger pains at any time during that period. I took my drops twice a day, and um, it, you know, I say I didn't experience hunger pains. If I if I got a pang, I would drink the water. But I, there was no period where I just sat there and and thought, oh my goodness, I'm starving. And um, of course, you always have the the great advantage of taking more drops if you if you do feel um, any hunger at all. But that, that leads on to the second part of, of, of my, my story where when I increased my calories um, uh, just prior to the race because I had to increase my workout regime to a, to a whole new level, a really hard level, um, I increased my calories. And when I increased my calories, I started to feel um, a little hung, hungry or a little uh, hungry at, at night, and I hadn't experienced that before. And so... Um, I would um, have a little bit more of the drops at night, and that completely took care of of the hunger, um, the the hunger when I had increased. And it, it doesn't make any sense, I know, and I've tried to explain this. I explained this on TV in England that um, I was when I was in that um, raised that strict regime of where I had my my food groups and my 600 calories, and I never strayed off that. It was it was. Um, totally controlled and I, I was was totally happy i think my hunger probably increased um as i increased my calories because i was working out so hard i was burning so many calories but i i was i was ecstatic and you know dave because it, it actually saved my life that to be able to take more drops and quell that hunger meant that i was i was continuing to lose weight and i had that target of 42 pounds so that was a very long-winded answer to uh, to your question, but it was it's a great question and it's it's one that really is prevalent in the uh, the rapid weight loss. And just as a little disclaimer, you are a person who has managed your calories and your weight throughout your career for a very long time, and and for those listening who hear six hundred calories. Uh, we don't recommend that. Like that. That's your personal choice, and you knew what you were doing. We don't recommend it as a company. The, the minimum we recommend is 800 calories, and a lot of people have a lot of success doing rapid weight loss with a 1,200-calorie uh, regimen. So I just want to throw that out there that I, I get it, and I appreciate yeah. what you did, but that's, that's pretty extreme, 600 calories a day for 50, what was it, 56 days? 56 days, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because anyone that I have recommended this to, I have um, told them that they need to have at least uh, 800 calories. Bear in mind my experience with the drops as well. It, it was definitely not my first rodeo, excuse the pun, and uh, I, I knew my limitations and I was actually able to work out um, as well, which, which isn't recommended, Lo- lots of walking. Um, but I had had um, great experience with what I could do and where my thresholds were. And, and yes, like you say, I have 15 years of, of very hard training, um, you know, and, and, and depriving myself and, and beating those hungers um, just without any supplement. I've done that for years. Um, but for, for normal, for everyday weight loss, I would say 800. And then if you want to work out, 1,200 is fine too. It doesn't come off as quickly, but it still comes off, and that's the key. Yeah, and I'm going to publish this uh, this test I'm doing. It's actually, actually uh, it's not anything I invented. It's from a guy by the name, I believe his, his name is Matt Bergeron. I'm trying to get a hold of him. He's from New England, and he's teaching this tray diet. And uh, I've been doing it for, like I said, three weeks. And boy, it's just transformed my my body already. It's surprisingly good. I was ready for it because my diet had fallen off a little bit, and and I'd put on a few pounds. Um, and I was looking for something, and I I found this this diet where you don't do any any calorie counting at all. I I bought these trays off of Amazon. This is what they have everybody do. They're they're about if you could picture this, maybe ten inches wide by five inches. Divide into three compartments. One compartment takes half the tray. The other two take a quarter each. And all, all you do is, for my body weight, I eat four of those trays per day. I simply prepare them uh, the day before. I put a protein in one quarter. 
I put the starch in another quarter, sweet potato or uh, whatever. There's a, a list of uh, I'll put on the website. And then 50% of it is vegetables, either a salad, mixed vegetables, whatever. And I thought, well, that sounds pretty. Oh, oh and, then, and, and then no sugar. So it's a no sugar challenge. So I started doing it. And of course, I'm able to cheat because I own the company. So I, I'm able to grab the pounds and inches drops and just take them. Uh, no one else was doing, uh, you know, they didn't talk about doing a supplement with it. But just knowing what I know, I thought, well, this is a diet. I'm going to take diet drops while I do it. So I started taking them twice a day, just like you um, have done. I started doing this diet with no calorie counting. And again, I lost seven pounds in three weeks, which is not super fast like wow. what you're talking about. But I never went hungry. You know what I mean? It was super convenient. Right. And, I, and I feel terrific. And more importantly, even than losing right. the seven pounds that I was about due to lose, um, I can't believe how good I feel in the gym. Uh, and I don't think it's even from the seven pounds. I think it's from the really clean eating and the perfect balance of macros. Um, so that right. has that's new to me, but phenomenal. I'm going to do a blog post about it, put on the, the there. So those of you listening to this, hopefully before I put out the podcast, I will have created a blog post. Uh, and again, I give, give credit where credit is due. I believe his name is Matt Bergeron from CrossFit New England. And a phenomenal program that he's done with his athletes for quite a long time. And I finally, I heard about it. I tried it. And uh, works like a charm. It's right within the principles of Formula 7, which is to get your macros right. You know, that's one of the interesting things about health is we've been talking a lot about a supplement, which is, which is great to, to use supplements. But supplements are supposed to supplement a good diet, right? And a good diet starts with the right mix of carbs, proteins, and fats. And if you don't get that right, then you're really, you know, you're really putting the brakes on anything else that you do. It starts with carbs, protein, fat. Any comments on that? Is this something you've spent a lot of time, you know, thinking about or worrying about as far as balancing your meals uh, throughout the day with the macros? Yeah, it I have. In fact, I, I just recently have started to study macros uh, very intently. And um, I, I realized that when I would finish the rapid weight loss, I would try and stay uh, in a controlled calorie group, whether it be 12, 15, 1800 calories. But my macros were all over the place. You know, there's too many fats or too many um, proteins or carbohydrates. But with that, with balancing the macros, um, I think it, it, it provides your body with exactly what it needs, and it's it's a stabilizer. And so, I truly believe that the the macros will be the the success that I I've, I've been yearning for. You know, the, the after success, the success with getting the weight off rapidly and then keeping it off will be will be the macro control. I truly believe that. And I just if I could back, back up one step, you talk about feeling good on the drops. Um, I, I have experienced this every single time I have done pounds and inches drops. is a remarkable um, drop in my heart rate. And I wear a Fitbit and have worn a Fitbit for years. Um, and, and before that, any other heart rate monitor and step counter that, I, that was out there. And so uh, the heart rate was, was an amazing anomaly for me to, to go from 62, 64, whatever my normal heart rate was. And I, I would deem myself reasonably fit. Um, but as soon as I start on the drops, the heart rate starts to drop as well, decrease over the days and weeks. And it, on, on this particular pr uh, regime that I just finished, my heart rate got down. 47 beats per minute and stay there for for two or three weeks um and then as soon as i i stop the drops it starts to raise back up again but not only that um i have um hereditary high blood pressure um and so i i'm on a blood pressure medication well about two or three days into the drops i have to stop the blood pressure medication because my blood pressure drops so amazingly quickly so no, no meds, no asthma inhaler either. For the entire period I'm on the drops, I never have to take my asthma inhaler. Now, 
how do you, do you explain that? I don't know, but I know it's a fact. Oh, and my sleep. I sleep so much better. Like after probably three days, my sleep um, uh, uh, sound or the soundness of my sleep completely changes. So it, it's it's a miracle. And so you're losing losing weight and feeling tremendous. And it's not just me that feels that. My wife is the same, and and I've got lots and lots of that say, God, I just feel so much better. And of course, it's what you're putting in your body as well, the the food content. You know, not getting dragged down by a lot of the stuff that was dragging you down before. But I know the drops have a lot to do with it too. Boy, we we need to just hire you as our as our company spokesman. I mean, you you sell this better than I ever could. So. <laughs> This is well, I, I've tremendous lived, testimony. I've lived the dream. Yeah, I've lived the dream. I excuse the pun, but uh, and that's what what a lot of people say to me. They're, God, you, it's you, you are so enthusiastic. Just well, look at me. You know, when I walked into the jocks room a couple of weeks ago and I stripped off and and jumped on the scales, the the look on the other jockeys' faces when they saw me and and how fit and and skinny I looked was. That was worth millions to me, and and that was all down to pounds and inches drop. So, you can't uh, you can't curb my enthusiasm from that sort of experience. Well, it's outstanding. And let, let's change gears for a minute. Speaking of going back to England, I've spent time in England. As a matter of fact, I was born in England. Uh, my parents emigrated from England uh, to Canada when I was a child, and now I live, of course, in the United States. But I've been back uh, to England, and I've got an aunt in Manchester, and we spent time with her. And it it definitely seems to me that people eat better in England, that the food quality is better, that the meat and the vegetables. I, I picture right now a, a meal that my aunt would make on a typical day, and it often would have three or four different types of vegetables and um it would be, you know, meat from the market and breads from from the market. Well, almost everything was from the market, and the market is a place where everything is brought in fresh every day. It's been said that in America, society is conspiring to make us unhealthy. Um, what are your thoughts about that? Do you think that people in England and Europe um, – are eating a much higher quality diet than we are in the United States. So they have better quality raw materials in their, you know, raw foods uh, that they're eating. That, that's a very interesting question, and and I haven't spent a whole lot of time. I've been gone from England for twenty four years, but what I I I would say and do notice is the the quality of the the vegetables and the meats are. are outstanding and i would put that down to in ireland and england i would put that down to the the quality of the grass i mean the and the weather you know the the we we have the horses um here in california that never eat any grass and it's it's so unhealthy for them when Ah. we send a horse when we send a horse from here i had an experience i took a horse from here back to kentucky for the kentucky derby and um, he started to eat grass uh, on his first day there. He improved 15 pounds. His, his skin improved, his digestive system, and his mental attitude improved from eating the grass. And so I think the grass has a lot to do from, from the produce um, aspect of it. And then um, I think the old-fashioned uh, principles where vegetables and meat were, were essential in your everyday diet. Um, I think they, they, they still hold truer over there than they do in our lives here, which are, are just crazy and grab something and eat as you, as you move, eat in the car, you know, like race through your dinner. It's, it's just, it's a different way of life. And um, that's prob- possibly um, a difference as well is, there's a lot, uh, a lot more old world values, and of course, old, old, old world food values too. That would be my interpretation of, of the difference between the U.S. and the uh, the U.K. diets. Well, I'll tell you, I've I've really been, uh, you know, recently made a lot of improvements in that regard in what I'm buying. Uh, I found a local grocery store that gets all their produce from local farms. They even have big banners hanging over the produce section that shows you what 
vegetables come from what farm. They show you the name of the farm, a picture of the family, the whole bit. I've been buying all my meat from a local meat company that gets all the meat from uh, local farms as well. We get all of our eggs from local farms. And so, you know, that was my impression of, of uh, England and Europe is that they do eat uh, more foods from farms than we do. Uh, we tend to eat a lot of food from factories. And I've tried to apply that into my own life, and it is making a difference. And uh, there's a book I want to recommend to everyone listening called The Marvelous Pigness of Pigs. It's a funny title. It's by a, an old Virginia farmer. Uh, it's a funny book. And it, for me, it was really enlightening, and it, it was kind of the, the motivation finally to to stop being so lazy and find better sources of food. So it's just one of the things I wanted to bring up, Jimmy. I know it's probably not one of your you know high on the list of of um, uh, topics, and I hadn't told you about it before. I just wanted to get your opinion on it here during the podcast. But it's one of the things that we'll be talking about more and more and recommending to people is trying to get that that food from farms as much as possible, supporting local farmers and eating food that is a lot healthier. And I do think that it's part of the problem we have in America of us being unfit is the very source of our food. And we eat too much stuff produced in a factory and not enough uh, produced on a farm. So anyways, I wanted to see your take on that. Yeah. Since you're from the, the old country, yeah, I agree 100. percent And um, my mother um, lives out in on the west coast of County Clare in Ireland, and uh, my sister lives down the road on a farm um, from from her. And so everything is is from the farm, is from the land, and and the difference when I go back and and stay with her and and the taste. It's just, it's extraordinary. You think, what are, what are we eating? It's like almost from a different planet, you know. So um, I agree one in, entirely. And it's out there. People, you know, often say, well, we just can't get it or it's so much more expensive. Or, But it, it is out there and it isn't that much more expensive. And, and how, how much uh, is your body worth? You know, how, much, how important is your health? There's, there's nothing more important than your health. Yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, I'd say for most people, if they just stopped buying their lunch at a restaurant and instead um, started making more food at home and bringing their lunch to work, that the money they saved on the restaurant food or that uh, $7 Starbucks coffee uh, would easily pay for the small increase in eating healthier food. So uh, we'll talk about that more on other episodes as well. Um, Yeah. Okay, I've I've got a situation for you. A friend of yours, sure. you, you've, you've talked to a ton of people about losing weight, so you have experience in this. So I want to create a, an artificial scenario. A person comes up to you, says, Jimmy, I want to lose 30 pounds. I've struggled to lose this 30 pounds for a very long time. I've kind of given up hope, but I want to do it. You know, I, I finally want to lose this 30 pounds. I'm serious about it. This is my last try, whatever. What do you say to that person who has struggled in the past, has not been able to lose it, just wants to drop 30 pounds? What do you tell them? Well, that's, uh, and, and this is a scenario that I encounter all the time. And I have to tell you, the first thing that I ask them is, how committed are you to losing the weight? So, so many people, when they've heard how I've lost the weight, have asked me if they, where can I get the drops? Where can I get them? And I, they, you, you have to realize that you, you, you need to be committed. This, it, it, it's not just a, a, a fast, easy, you know, fad thing where you start on it and then you lose direction after seven days. So if they say, if they come back and say to me, I'm totally committed and I do have to get this weight off, I tell them immediately, pounds and inches drops. There's nothing out there like it. Plain and simple. Well, and, and and I really appreciate that, but they also have to commit to the diet, right? Or some kind well, of diet. That, that that's that's what I I mean. The pounds and inches drops with with the protocol that it comes with, okay. and and I do explain that. I do explain that the pounds and inches protocol, pounds and inches drops protocol, 
is is a relatively strict one and um in 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 so much as you know your your variations or certainly i don't allow myself great variations i think you've um you've just even touched on that it doesn't need to be as strict as as even i make out but the the, the strictness or the diet that you follow um, has to be of a particular nature in order to to be successful. So, you know, a lot of people out there are looking for a very easy way and a fast way. And if you don't commit to the diet, you know, there's no point in in uh, in taking the drops. But if you if you really want to lose the weight, you commit to the diet. Well, then the pounds and inches drops are the best thing out there. Okay, outstanding. Last question, how can people follow you or reach out to you? Do you have social media? Um, if people want to learn more from you and what you're up to, how can they do that? I certainly do. I'm, um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Twitter is Jimmy underscore, underscore Duggan. So it's Jimmy underscore Duggan. Um, and I'm on Facebook, Jimmy Duggan. Um, there's a picture of me as a jockey. So, uh, yeah, and I would be delighted to help anyone out there with any questions. It's, it's a huge passion of mine and seeing people, uh, the happiness that it produces when, when, uh, when people lose weight and keep it off, it's, there's no greater pleasure for me than, than seeing that happiness. So reach well, out to me, please. That is outstanding. Thank you so much for taking the time. And to everyone listening, uh, this is Dave Sherwin on the Escape the Matrix show wishing you health and success. Thank you, Dave. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Jimmy. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Escape the Matrix show with your host, fitness buff and owner of EscapeTheMatrix.com, Dave Sherwin. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit EscapeTheMatrix.com on Facebook and Twitter at Escape the Matrix. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on the Escape the Matrix health show with Dave Sherwin.